And I think it's also right to empower moms to know that they can do something about it and that it is within them and that it's the nutrition after having the baby impacts them, of course, and their recovery, but also the quality of nutrition that they're providing to the baby through the breast milk. So I know it's a little bit of a controversial topic, but I do believe that it should be considering considered an empowering topic because then you have a choice versus not talking about it. Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, brought to you by two board-certified pediatricians, Dr. Anna Powell and Dr. Sammy Hodges, also known as the Petey Pals, as we talk to you about topics involving raising well and happy children in today's challenging society. Please follow us on social media at the Petey Pals or find us online at www.thepetypals.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Well Child. Today, we are excited to talk to you about breastfeeding, nursing, breast milk, and all kinds of postpartum questions, which we get asked about on a daily basis. Let's face it, delivering the baby is just the beginning. To help us with this discussion, we have a special guest today, Lorena Garcia. Lorena is an entrepreneur and a currently co-founder and CEO of Majka a brand dedicated to help support moms to thrive postpartum. Lorena has founded and managed multiple successful businesses and is a digital marketing and branding expert, as well as wellness and self-improvement enthusiast, which we just love here at the PD Pals. Welcome, Lorena. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for, for being here with us. We're very excited to have you. Yes. Super exciting. Before we bombard you with all of our questions and uh, all the things we want to talk about, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you here and about Love Majka. Yes, perfect. So just like you guys were talking in the beginning, I was really like my career was in digital marketing, branding. I did that for a long time. And then basically like I... I, my husband and I were like, let's have a baby. And from the beginning, it wasn't easy, but I think that's for another story. But all of a sudden I got pregnant with my son. Everything was great. But as a working mom, and you guys understand, you guys both work, have a career, always very motivated. And I got pregnant and I thought being pregnant was the difficult part because we had uh, some difficulties getting, um, not getting pregnant, but like the miscarriages and stuff that I was just so focused on learning everything about pregnancy. And I just thought that was a difficult part. You know, like for me, I had one goal and it was keep the baby in. And then it's going to be so easy once the baby's out, you know? And I was just so like, so, but no one told me, you know, like not even my mother, like, which I, (laughs) I mean, we're Mexican. We're supposed to tell each other everything, you know, and she never never even mentioned it, but I was very focused on the pregnancy part. And I remember my team at the branding agency was like, Lorena, look, so how how long are you going to take after the baby's born? When should we book you um, like for presentations and everything? And I was like, just give me two weeks. Can you oh. imagine, guys? Two weeks. <laughs> like, I don't know what I was thinking. And I was like, two weeks. Like, just give me two weeks until I get everything figured out and I'll be back. And oh, my God, you guys. I mean, you guys know it better than anyone. But like, I had the baby at the hospital. And the first time they told me like, okay, like now you can breastfeed. I was like. 
oh, this does not look or feel like the pictures I've seen on social media. Like, <laughs> this is way harder yeah. than I expected. I couldn't get the baby dress. So from day one, I thought I was like, okay, this is a very, this is going to be a very difficult situation. I was so happy, but it wasn't as easy as carrying a baby koala around, you know, like right. it was way more complicated. <laughs> so anyway, to kind of like shorten the story, like I had a difficult time with like trying to be, I feel like here in the, in the U.S., like, there is like this dream of like being kind of like that superwoman, you know, that we all fall for. So yeah. I fell for that. I, I did go back to work after two weeks, like going back and forth from home, trying to be the best mom, the best wife. Like, and then I kept getting like very positive reinforcement for all of that. Like everybody around me was like, wow, like that's amazing. But in, inside I wasn't feeling amazing, like physically, you know, um, especially trying to breastfeed and doing like all of these things. So basically I, I got exhausted. Like I was extremely fatigued. I got exhausted. I knew something wasn't right. And my dad found me one day and he was like, he's the only one that saw me really break down because I was really scared of telling other people around me what I was going through because I didn't want them to see me as weak. They were telling me that I was amazing. And then all of a sudden, like, why was I feeling like this? I couldn't keep up. So my dad told me and he was like, Lerna, you're doing everything wrong. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, when you're crying (laughs) and he's like, you're doing everything wrong yeah right like way to step on me and like he was just trying to help and he's like you're the only thing your baby needs is a happy and healthy mom and you're not happy and you're not healthy so this needs to stop and that was kind of like for me like a breaking point where I was like this is not right and that what started me in the journey of Mashka where like I started going to Whole Foods and Sprouts like always been very wellness oriented and I was like well, there's no product. I was experiencing problems with my supply and I started looking around and I was like, this is enough. Like all of these breastfeeding products are talking to me about how can I produce more milk, but not about how I feel. And that is just not a conversation that was on the market at that point. And I called my co-founder, Majo, who's a really good friend of mine. And I was like, we need to do something because yes, I want to produce more milk and I want to, there's so much guilt around not being able to feed your baby, especially with all the information out there. But I also want to feel well. Is that wrong? Like, is it wrong that I want to be just as focused on getting more milk, but also getting, feeling better? And we're like, there's something here. So that's when the idea of Mashka started, where we wanted to make new moms. We started with our breastfeeding line. We're expanding into other lines. But the beginning was like, how can we make busy moms that want to feel well? How can we create products that are not just the most amazing in terms of like safety, efficiency, and efficacy and quality, but also that they're fun to take, that you're looking forward to including them into like your daily routine. So that's where the idea of like Mashka came and everybody said like, you're crazy. You've built a career in something else. Like, how are you going to change? But I just felt something inside that, I, we needed to get this done and we figured it out and we did it. But that's how Mashka was born out of like, I would say my own experience and then talking to Maja, which had been through the whole thing like a little bit before me. And just as a little story, she would cry to Starbucks every day. You know, she would leave her house and just cry to Starbucks every day. So I feel like we both got a little bit of like a rough start. 
So um, yeah, so that's that's where Mashka was born out of that idea. Sorry, I took too long. No, that is so inspiring. <laughs> you had like me, you know, that was really great. That's really wonderful. And I was going to say that you pretty much just summed up something that we hear on a day-to-day basis. You know, um, a lot of times we're focusing on do this for the baby, do that for the baby, eat this, you know, um, make sure, you know, you're taking care of all these things, but we're not really focusing on the caregiver. We're not focusing on the mom as much, you know, and um, a lot of that is the messaging and and uh, we really need to Uh, provide that supportive environment because that's something that both me and Sammy say all the time. You know, the moms have to be happy and healthy because if they're stressed and if they have a lot of that mommy guilt and mommy shame, it's not helping anyone, especially not their baby. So you just saying that really, really resonated with both of us, especially me, because we hear this on a daily basis. And that's really inspiring that you took that kind of struggle and then you made it into something positive where you could help other moms. So that's I awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. What's the saying? You can't pour from an empty cup, you know, and uh, Anna and I always say we're not pro breast, we're not pro bottle, we're actually pro mom. And it mm-hmm. doesn't take very long into a pediatrician's career to become pro mom because we see so many moms just like you in the first couple of weeks in our clinic right after they've delivered and they're all breaking down and they're all tearful and they think they're the only one and actually in fact they're 90 percent are the same and it's so hard and they're crying and they're overwhelmed and they're not feeling well like you said and so I think you guys are really on to something I wish I'd known about you guys 10 years ago oh, <laughs> I <love> you. <laughs> And I think like just to add to that, like it's about like empowering moms because there's so much guilt, like you were saying, around like self-care, like even where it's like I think it's become normalized that mom doesn't necessarily feel good. And it's like I always like to say because I like like we want to be a voice for for that. And it's like, well, not because something is common, it means it's normal, you know, like I it's yes. not okay for everybody to tell you like, okay, you just had a baby. I'm exhausted. Like, I, I don't know what to, oh, that's normal. You yeah. just had a baby. Like <laughs> it's common, but it's not normal. So I feel like we have also normalized mm-hmm. that mom is not feeling well. And by normalizing that, we don't, we don't empower mom to like to speak for herself or like speak for ourselves that we need help or that we don't feel good or like anything because we feel shame. Right. Yeah. You're right. And we do put a lot on ourselves. We have this baby and then we feel that we should just pick up where we left off as soon as the baby's born and incorporate a new baby into the old life. So you're absolutely right. And I didn't really think about it till you said it, but I had five weeks maternity when I had my older one. And I remember I'm also Canadian in Canada. We have a year. So I was really (laughs) shocked (laughs) with the five weeks, but I remember thinking this is, this is inhumane. I don't even know her yet, you know, and I had to go back to work. So I get it. Totally. This breastfeeding movement um, has really been uh, over the last few decades. We've talked about all the benefits of breastfeeding, and um, I think that's what's leading to a lot of mommy guilt. So, um, when you were doing your initial research, what kind of information did you find out about breastfeeding and about the benefits of it? I know we talk about it all day long, but just wanted to get your opinion. 
So as like, as I mean, as you guys know, like there are a lot of benefits for mom and for baby, like it's not just about bonding, but it's a great, I mean, it's the superfood for baby, right? Like, so it has all of the immunological, like properties that baby needs, like it is like perfectly composed for baby in terms of like the macronutrients, it has the micronutrients it needs. It has, um, so everybody, you know, like is probiotics, prebiotics, like it has like everything that you need that baby needs so it is that liquid I would say that liquid gold Gold. that like everybody like keeps talking about just because it has everything that baby needs and it's a fascinating I think like when you get into the studies like just how much like even breast milk changes and its composition Mm -hmm. through time like I think like even like the study of breast milk is like just like on the tip of the iceberg like there's just so much more to learn about breast milk yes but um, been able to replicate it right exactly so like there is like there are so many benefits however there's something and I don't know where you guys stand on this or something but that I would like to bring light to when it comes to breastfeeding and because we, we are a breastfeeding like we support breastfeeding more than anything that's why we have products but a fed is best so we can talk about that later but also too there is a there is a conversation that we've been talking about too a lot that I think it's also empowering, like, um, which is the fact that, yes, like breast milk has immense benefits. It is liquid gold. But also, again, going back to the health of the mom, we yeah. know now that there is a lot of nutrition that is that micronutrients specifically that are dependent on the mom's diet, right? So I feel like, again, that like, there's a lot of openness about breastfeeding, but there's not a lot of openness in some topics about breastfeeding, you know? But I feel like that's something that there should be a little bit more conversation about that. Yes, like just as people tell you like how important it is to feed your body, like when you're pregnant, it's just as important to feed your body mindfully when you're breastfeeding because yes, the micronutrients that you ingest like are going to go into the breast milk. And though breast milk is liquid gold, like breastfeeding is conditionally perfect, right? So it has, it, it, it needs a little bit of your support as a mom. You have the the ability to improve that quality of the milk, even though it's already amazing. It is in your hands to make it even better. Like I, I read something once that really stuck with me, like when we were creating everything where it's like, it's biologically impossible for a mom that is not either eating that micronutrient or does not have that storage to be able to provide that on her breast milk. There is, there is no way, you know? So now that we know that, I think it's also right to empower moms to know that they can do something about it and that it is within them and that it's the nutrition after having the baby impacts them, of course, and their recovery, but also the quality of nutrition that they're providing to the baby through the breast milk. So I know it's a little bit of a controversial topic, but I do believe that it should be considering considered an empowering topic because then you have a choice versus not talking about it so I totally agree with you there's we talk a lot and we've also talked about this on our website on one of our blog posts Mm -hmm. but of how to set up children for not only being good eaters later in life but having a really minimal risk of having food allergies and one thing that we know is early introduction and exposure is is such a huge part of that but it goes back to breastfeeding and it goes even further back into being pregnant so I tell all of my patients, their moms, it starts with pregnancy, 
expose your unborn baby to everything if possible, have a healthy diet, take care of yourself so that you create the proper environment. And then as you said, later on, the type of breast milk, I'd say to, to new moms, uh, you know, however scientific this may or may not be, but when you're breastfeeding, your baby's eating what you're eating. And actually, totally. a lot of times breastfed babies are very gassy, uh, with way more than formula fed babies, which deters parents and moms a lot. They mm -hmm. get scared because they're gassy and then they're uncomfortable. So they think something's wrong, but actually something's very right. They're digesting everything for their first time. And that's where you get that gut of steel is from that nursing and being exposed to all of those different micro and macronutrients like you were just talking about. So I completely agree. I don't know what you think, Anna. Yeah, totally. I mean, what you said, you said it perfectly. It's about empowering moms and giving them that knowledge because not talking about it is not helping anyone, you know? And the biggest thing is, is breastfeeding shows a lot of benefits for moms as well. And we don't often totally. talk about that, you know, less rates of breast cancer, mm -hmm. ovarian cancer, less postpartum depression, which um, is also very rampant you know, in, in moms. And so, um, I think the biggest thing that you keyed in on is informing moms of the options, you know, not totally. providing the shame and guilt when moms aren't able to, you know, there's lots of situations where they might be sick, they might not be producing enough milk. And so, like you said, fed is best, you know, um, we're pro moms. And so not to uh, provide that as a shaming opportunity, but more for the mom's that are indifferent or haven't, you know, learned about it to give them that knowledge and not only the knowledge, but then the support afterwards to say, Hey, we have support for you. We have lactation consultants. We have love Majka, <laughs> you know, we have your pediatricians. We have people totally. that are going to help you do the best, not only for the baby, but also for you because it shows so many benefits for the mom as well. You know, I totally understand. And I feel like if, if I can mention something about that, it's, I feel like in our society now, like it's become like kind of like an all or nothing, right? Like there is a lot of like, I've even met moms that hide their formula because they're scared of other moms Aww. seeing them feed the baby formula because of all the shaming that's around. But I think there are other possibilities. I think we need to be more open with the moms and like, even within ourselves, like us, like to other moms and even from like professionals and the providers to like, there is also the possibility of a combination, you know, like yeah. if you work or if you don't have enough milk, like any milk that you can give to your baby, any, any amount of breastfeeding that you can do is great. It's not all or nothing. Yes. Yet you can still complement with formula and that's great too. Nothing's going to happen to your baby. There's so much fear. I mean, you, you probably see it in your practice, but there's so much fear like we get a lot of messages as a company of moms that are truly terrified of giving their babies um formula and it's like no like it's okay, it's okay. like your yeah. health and the health and the baby matter more than anything so if, if you really want to just purely like give them breast milk and you're gonna work on your supply it's okay that while you work on your supply right. you get formula like nothing's gonna happen baby's gonna be happy you're gonna be happy because there's less stress on you so there should be a conversation about like the possibility of like just supplementing combination and it doesn't have to be either all formula or breast milk. Like it is, it can be a combination that works for you. I have to tell you guys a story. Uh, Anna, you might remember mm -hmm. this. It was a resident that was under us who uh, 
she got pregnant and she had that attitude of really, really being so focused on breastfeeding 100% exclusively that she even as a doctor didn't recognize that her newborn was dehydrated and the baby ended up having a stroke. The baby's fine, but yeah. because of that, ended up being admitted and then, uh, you know, lots and lots of stuff happened. And there was a lot of time between the time this happened and the time that we knew that the baby was going to be okay. Like the baby had to develop for a while before knowing whether or not they were going to have deficits from the stroke that they had uh, due to this. And, you know, so that really stuck with me, that one particular story of how much pressure we put on ourselves. And personally, I you know, it's been a long time since I've breastfed, but I remember it is a toe curling, <laughs> mm-hmm. painful, especially the first two weeks until I joke, nipples go numb eventually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> until that happens for many moms, it is quite painful and uncomfortable and it's not as easy as it looks. And sometimes the square peg does not fit into the round hole. So uh, I think that it's really important that the support is there. I totally agree. Anything you can do is awesome. If you start, you know, just even the colostrum, go you. You tried that, you did that, you know. If you can do totally. a couple months, go you. You did a couple months. If you can do 50-50 for a while, even better. Do what you can. There's not been one time, though, personally, where a mom has told me, say, for example, it's like seven, eight months, nine months. I'm thinking of cutting down on breastfeeding, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Do what works for you. You know, you do you because that's the most important. And there's so many times where we'll recommend uh, formula supplementation, you know, if the baby's yeah. jaundice, if there's, you know, deficits in growth. And so it's definitely required sometimes, you know, and so you don't want to ever, um, the, the reducing the stress is way more is way more important and I think beneficial um, for the baby and for the mom. But I do have a question since you did, you've done a lot of research about this and, you know, you've created these wonderful products. Um, How, in your opinion, is the most effective way to increase supply for moms that are getting there and they just need that extra support to help um, improve their, their breast supply? perfect so there there's something that i want to talk about first and i think like because we get this too and sometimes they're like why are you talking this as a company that you want like to increase milk supply but i think a lot of times moms don't have a low supply so i think there is like milk supply is relative right what what low supply might mean for you might mean adequate support for me because let's say that i am a I am a working mom, right? So I breastfeed, I have a seven month old, I need to pump extra from when I'm working. So for me, maybe low milk supply means not being able to fully feed my baby for the day and store maybe three or four bottles extra. Then I perceive that I have low milk supply because I'm trying to store more for when I'm not home. But for someone that's at home and they have enough for their baby, then, and but they cannot store like, maybe they have adequate supply and they haven't even thought about that, you know? So I feel like the first conversation is like, do you really have low milk supply or do you have perceived low milk supply? Because also, again, the internet is great and social media is great, but all of a sudden you see the picture of that mom that has three freezers full of milk and you're like, I have low milk supply. (laughs) Like I don't have an expectation. So I would say that the first thing for all of the moms listening is like, understanding if you truly do have low milk supply and it's totally also right that if you don't have 
low milk supply, but you want to produce more because you want to store, that's also totally valid. And I think like it takes, everything takes a plan, right? Just like uh, nothing happens overnight. So I think that when we talk to our moms about increasing your breast milk supply, it's about building a plan. It's not a one size fits all. Even with our products, we're never like, hey, like you take this product. It's not like a Tylenol that you have a headache and you're going to take it once. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like a magic fountain. Like that doesn't work that way, you know? So we always try to set realistic expectations and it's about consistency. I went through it. Like in the beginning, I have thyroid problems and I know that when I have babies, it takes me a while to produce milk and I have to be committed. If I want my milk to come in and have a good supply, um, I know that for the first two or three weeks, I was feeding pumping like double like feeding pumping supplementing like the three things until I could get my supply up so a, a couple of things that we see normally in our community that really help moms like that want to increase their supply is one breastfeeding or pumping enough because sometimes we think we see that moms are like maybe feeding three times a day and they want to in three times a day they want to produce 30 ounces you know each pump and it's like well, that's not really going to happen. Like the feeding frequency does have an impact. So the more you can, you can breastfeed, the more you can pump. If you're a pumping mom, that's perfect too. But like the more you can do that, making sure that you're hydrated. I mean, we're so busy. Every, we're looking around. So drinking your water, having water stations, nourishing yourself. Like nobody talks about it. I do feel like it's not just the quantity of food, but the quality of food that you are taking. So that does have an impact in the quality and the quantity of your milk. Rest, I know it's crazy, but uh, stress has such an impact on so your true. supply as well. Yeah. So if you could, even like if it's, I know it sounds so ooh, out there, but even if like you can breathe a little bit and try to like incorporate, like even if you need to hide in the bathroom for like a good five minutes and just close the door and just breathe, I feel like that is very helpful. We know that it cortisol is. is a big enemy of yeah. supply, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you can do those things normally, your supply will either normalize or increase. And if you're seeing that definitely your baby is showing signs, as you guys know, like maybe not gaining weight, not enough dirty diapers, then those are real signs of like a low milk supply. And we always say like, we all, you have to consult either with your pediatrician or with your lactation consultant. There's nothing wrong in asking for help. I don't know if you guys see this, but we see a lot of moms that feel sometimes uncomfortable asking for help when it comes to breastfeeding because we're moms. We should all supposed to know how to breastfeed. That is not true. Everyone yeah. is supposed to, to show us, you know, like we are social beings and you're supposed to have your mom there maybe to show you or like someone else to show you how to do it. So looking for help is an amazing way of also normalizing your supply because even we see it with a lot of our pumping moms a lot they might be using their the wrong size flange for their yes. pump yes. and that might be the issue for the low supply for a pumping mom so yeah. i would say advice number one talk to your pediatrician talk to your lactation consultant and then the other four little tips that i mentioned should be very helpful for everyone that is some good stuff. Way to go. I love it. Yeah, oh, That's very <laughs> similar to what, you know, we say in clinic. We, uh, for me personally, and I'd like to get Anna's thoughts on this too, but I have the same spiel. I say the same thing usually that breastfeeding is supply and demand. So as long as you are making a drop, you can make an ocean. 
And that's what wet nurses are, right? You know, we, we yes. know about wet nurses. That's what they do. They're there available to give milk to whomever needs it. So, and I learned so much about breastfeeding after my first child. My first child, it was just, just completely in the dark, didn't know what I was doing, just really stumbling on everything and trying to learn as I went. And the second go around, I was older, I was wiser, and my body had been through it before, which is so helpful because it really does know what it's doing so much better the second time around. Anyone who's had more than one, I think, could say that's the truth. Your milk comes in quicker. Uh, usually the delivery is a little you know, quicker. So things tend to, the, the road has already been paved. But the second go around, that's when I learned about the supply and demand thing, that any time in the year when my breast milk was going down, I tricked my body. I would say, oh, okay, so I'm feeding, say, every four to five hours. I'm just going to throw in a couple extra feeds in the middle there, or a couple extra pumping sessions when it didn't expect it. My body didn't expect it. And suddenly my body would say two to three days later, oh, I guess you need me to make more milk. So then it would increase the supply. And so what I tell parents uh, is if I were to take you right now with your baby and put you on a deserted island and throw triplets at you, you could actually feed them all and you would survive because they would be attached to you all the time and your body would just think, I have to make this much milk. So the more you ask your body to make, the more it will make. But emptying your breast is the key, especially if you're pumping. So a lot of pumps don't empty as efficiently as a baby can. So you have to make sure that you are really emptying your breasts every time you're pumping so that your body recognizes the empty breast, triggers the hormones, and then creates more milk. And I wanted to see what Anna tells her patients yeah, too. That is exactly, exactly some of the advice I give. And the biggest thing I think that we do as pediatricians is just reassurance. Uh, because like you mentioned, you have 10,000 thoughts going through your head. Um, you're not sleeping. You're trying to feed this new baby. You're trying to do it all alone and, and uh, you know, being strong that you can do it all. But what you said, really trust your medical um, uh, professionals, trust your doctor. That's really key. Um, because leave that to us to give you the objective advice on whether the baby's growing or not. And we will tell you honestly, you know, if there's something wrong. Um, and a lot of parents will come to me and ask, you know, um, this is our, this is the weight. Is this okay? You know, we gained only this much, this much, you know, and when we show them the growth chart at every visit, um, you see it's a wide range on the growth chart. Uh, every baby is different. Every baby feeds differently and grows differently. And so your first child is might do something completely different than your second child, you know? And so it's very, very easy for parents to go into that panic mode. And like you so eloquently put, you know, cortisol helps nothing. Exactly. <laughs> that stress yeah. helps nothing. And it's natural. You can't blame parents for stressing over this stuff. It's what we're trained to do. But if you really do think about it, Cortisol is that hormone that gives us that fight or flight response. You know, it makes our other organ systems shut down so we can run and fight, you know, and, um, your body can't do the things that it's, you know, the digestion slows down, things that 
uh, go to the back burner, um, you know, happens when we're stressed. And so the biggest, I think, take home for me is let me tell you when something is wrong, you focus on breastfeeding, you focus on your frequency, you focus on yourself. Um, and then with that, uh, the, the breastfeeding will come, the, the lactation will come and give it time and patience. Give yourself that, um, that uh, kindness, you know. Totally agree. And it's okay to ask for help. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so on that note, so that was kind of talking about increasing breast milk supply. Yes. I saw also on your Instagram and your social media, and I loved this, uh, it's such a great resource. You guys talk about tips for storage. Can you kind of tell us in a nutshell what your tips are for storage of breast milk? Yes. And actually the CDC just changed the guidelines for it. So before it used to be like the 555 rule where you like breast milk was good out for five hours and then five hours in the refrigerator and then five months in the freezer, depending on like the depth of your freezer. But now they changed it all on us. And now it's four hours outside in the in room temperature, four, hour, four days in the refrigerator and then six to 12 months in the freezer. So that is just like for storage, like how, cause that's one of the biggest like questions that moms have. It's like, how long can it be outside? Is, did it go bad? Did it not go bad? So that's like a little bit of like the rules. It's like the four, four. And then if you want to remember six to 12. And then uh, in terms of storage as well too, like I think that one of the most important things is the conditions that the breast milk was pumped, I would say in order for it to last longer. So if you basic things like if you washed your hands, if your like if your pump was clean, if it was not clean, like all of those like the conditions around how the breast milk was pumped also affects its ability to stay for a longer time. So that is a little bit on like the storage. There's something that I would like to say. Like we've gotten multiple messages, a lot of them on Mashka. We commonly get it like with our moms really making and putting all this effort in building like a supply and having it frozen already or like all of these things. And then all of a sudden they unfreeze a little bit of that milk and baby won't take it. Whether it smells bad and they think it's bad. Like we had a mom crying one time because she threw away, like, I don't even know how many ounces, like she was really, really, really upset. And it was just because her milk was a little bit high in lipase, which makes your milk sour, but not, bad so not every time that your milk is frozen if it smells bad it means that it's bad or if baby's not taking it so actually if you like scale that milk like you can really like make it really really hot just real quickly that will make the lipase go away and then that might help the baby so um i would say don't think because it smells bad it's bad the milk is bad. It happens sometimes. So I would recommend for moms that are planning on freezing or storing a lot of milk to do this test on their frozen milk before they all of a sudden accumulate so much in the freezer, just because we don't want to see anybody go through the throwing away. They're very hardly earned. That's such great advice. But yeah, that it is very um, on that. And I think that um, with um, with formula, for example, too, like we, because a lot of moms also ask us like, Hey, with formula, like how long can it be out or how long is it not? We say like with breast milk, even if the baby, I don't know what you guys' opinions are. Like, I would be curious to think, but if, even if baby touches the nipple of the bottle and with breast milk, 
we still tell them that it's okay. Baby doesn't finish the bottle. The milk is still good for like if they took it out of the refrigerator for a good two hours or if it's freshly pumped milk, it's still good for its four hours, uh, right. even if baby didn't finish it. But with formula, we do recommend that if you're feeding baby formula and baby didn't finish the bottle for you to discard the formula and do a new bottle. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys recommend? Exactly that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is perfect. We also get a lot of questions about pumping uh, and uh, nipple confusion. Uh, how do you address those concerns, especially early on when moms are trying to decide about pumping too early uh, or not? I would say we go back again, and this might be different advice from everyone, but I would say like one again, work with your pediatrician or your lactation consultant because if you from the beginning know and this is where it comes also the planning which I clearly didn't do with my first at all like I truly didn't even know like we didn't know anything both me and yeah. my husband we thought we were just bringing a baby home it would be attached to us and that was it <laughs> like we could do anything you know but if it goes back a little bit to planning so if you know that you're gonna go back to work at a certain time and if you know that or that you might have help with the baby or like all of those things and you might have to introduce or plainly you just want to pump you you don't feel comfortable breastfeeding or whatever it is I feel like having a plan before and like trying because things change but having a plan before meeting with your lactation consultant they can guide you in different ways for baby not to get that nipple confusion there's also other ways that in the beginning that even if you want to pump milk um, if you don't want to give the baby the bottle so there's not that nipple confusion, there's different types of like feeders that you can use. Um, you can even use a spoon when they're little. I know my lactation consultant was like, use like a tiny little spoon for your express breast milk in the beginning. Like um, there's other tips that a professional can give you for that to happen. And that's also, you guys probably know too, it's so dependent on the baby. There's babies that do absolutely great with, bottle whatever you offer them they'll take it and there's babies that don't so I feel like we go back to like as a mom focus on what works for you and whatever like if pumping works best if breastfeeding works best then work with a professional so they can give you the tools you need to be able to accomplish those goals and you don't all of a sudden like um we we knew of this like this is actually a Mashka customer that wanted to go back to work and did not go back to work because the baby wouldn't take the bottle and she left her career because baby wouldn't take the bottle and that is also not fair like yes we are moms first and we're always going to put our babies first but it's okay to put ourselves first too and when I introduced this mom to one of our lactation consultants and the lactation consultant gave her a plan on how to make the baby little by little take the bottle she was and was able to make her own decisions, you know? So just know that every situation has a solution if you ask for the right help, but I think it goes back to planning. That's so great, Lorena. That story about your customer who uh, couldn't go back to work, I think Anna and I see that every day uh, of moms whose children or whose babies are really attached to them, won't even let dads or grandparents hold them at some point. And I actually, because I see this so often, I encourage right from the start parents to switch it up right from the beginning. So babies get used to feeding from the breast, feeding from the bottle. If you want to do a passy, it's okay. If you don't want to do a passy, that's fine too. If you have your reasons, no judgment here. 
but I do encourage them to switch it up a little so they don't get too used to one thing uh, so that this doesn't happen because it it does happen a lot. And I often tell parents, I'm like, who's the boss here? <laughs> Remember, you're the boss, not the baby. So you tell the baby what you want the baby to have and how you want the baby to have it. <laughs> so it gets confusing because they do act like the boss a lot of the times and they want to run the show. But I have the same advice for pumping and I encourage it early on only because of my personal experience and, and what I've read and what I've seen in clinic as well. But To me, early pumping helps open the floodgates. When you have that period of engorgement right before you're about to start producing milk, that's kind of that really uncomfortable period. If you start pumping, if your baby's not latching very well, or if you pump in addition to the latching, then you really do open the floodgates and things really start to happen easier after that. So I don't have anything against, you know, in either of those things. I agree. And even like, there's so many moms that we are so stressed out. Like I remember that was all my focus was with the first. I'm like, is he eating enough? Like, is he, yeah. and if you have that and pumping gives you a peace of mind where you can actually see the baby, it would give me so much, it might sound crazy, but so much gratification and peace of mind to yeah. see that the baby would drink the three ounces. Then it made me feel good. Like it made, it made a lot of that stress go away so if that makes someone feel a little bit more comfortable too that's okay yes exactly that's exactly what I'll tell moms too and sometimes we'll use that tool as physicians um, to ask them to pump if we are trying to determine you know is it the volume Um, is it because as we all know books uh, children don't read the books (laughs) and child reads a different book <laughs> and they all behave so differently and it feels like <laughs> it definitely feels like you know what worked with one didn't work with another and so i think lactation uh, consultants are helpful because they can really cater uh, to the individual mom uh, they're you know they can really watch them feed and and help them through that but also like sammy said a lot of times it's do what works for you. Um, another tip that I tell moms is when you're going back and forth from the bottle uh, to breast, uh, sometimes it's the flow. And uh, a lot of times children will get a faster flow through the bottle nipple and then they don't want to go back and latch on because it's more work, you know? And Thank so the there's, <laughs> exactly. They're experts at being little bosses. Let me tell you. Um, but you know, you can, like you mentioned, there's different products to slow the flow and to replicate that so that they don't, um, you know, then just get stuck on one form of feeding. And so there's lots of little tips and tricks I think that people can do and just figure out what works for them individually. Yes. And off of that, like if you think about it, there's so many, like when you go buy the nipples for the bottles, there's so many different flows, like starting as they or bigger, but with your breast, it's always the same flow. So if you're like moving through the bigger nipple and they start getting more, Yes. And then it's just like, it's so much work to go back and do it. I wanted to use this opportunity to, to plug in a couple of things. The yes. first is if as a mom, uh, you are not sure if your baby's getting enough, talk to your pediatrician. We just need to take one look at the growth chart and we know whether your baby's getting enough milk or not. Uh, nowadays with the magic of telemedicine, a doctor, uh, Anna and I will actually just do a televisit, have moms weigh the baby in, measure the baby at home, and then we can let them know. And then we can talk about breastfeeding for as long as moms need it, you know? So definitely talk to your, uh, pediatrician. Cause we can tell you really quickly. 
And then um, the other thing that I wanted to also mention is that if they really won't latch or if they really won't feed, that there might be something wrong. A lot of times it's actually a milk allergy. So talk to your pediatrician. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So trust your mom instinct. uh, And if something doesn't seem right with the way that they're feeding or you're worried about intake, let us show you the growth chart. Let us reassure you uh, and you just focus on yourself and, um, and taking care of yourself. That's the biggest, I think. I, I totally agree. Awesome. So we would love to now take this opportunity to talk about your products a little bit more in detail. Yes, of course. Anything you want. Yeah. So uh, you guys were really sweet and you sent us some of uh, your bites, are they called? So can you tell us yes. a little bit about this? Yes. So for the bites, I get very passionate and so excited about it because <laughs> when we were thinking about the products that we wanted to develop, and again, we wanted to introduce a new conversation to the lactation space, which is like, yes, it's let's help you produce more milk, but let's help you feel good. You know, and something that was happening in the space, especially with breastfeeding snacks, I remember when my mom, my poor mom was trying to do everything, right? Because I was very stubborn with the first one. Like we were talking like kind of like your friend, the doctor, which was like exclusively breastfeeding because I I felt guilt, you know, like with the formula, I, I felt so guilty. But then she showed up with these cookies that I ate and I was like, well, this is not fair. Like I feel like I'm compromising my, how I eat or like the things that I want to put on my body in exchange for something that is promising me to get me more milk. So when we were developing the products, I'm like, let's tackle that breastfeeding snack thing because we're telling moms that we need to eat healthy, that we need to nourish our bodies. And yet what's out there is just like, when you're like a breastfeeding mom, especially in the beginning, there's two things that happen. You're starving. Like, I feel like you can eat anything that's in front of you the first week. (laughs) And then you don't have time. So we see a lot of moms just opening the pantry and like, and I did it myself and it's like, what's in there, you know? So with the goal with the bites is like, how do we make it so easy for moms to have a healthy milk boosting snack available in hand, but that's also a satisfying, delicious treat, but guilt-free in a way. So that is what the bites are. They are refrigerated. We make them fresh every week in the kitchen. That's a big thing and a big promise that we have as a company. So um, we do them, we do them every week. We do them fresh. You get them and there you can share them with your kids. They're just like really good food. There's no fillers. There's nothing on them except for really good ingredients and just a really good snack to have in hand that is very effective at supply, but also very effective at giving you a little bit of energy if you need it. If you don't have time to eat, it can take you from one meal to the other. So it's nourishing your body and your supply as well. So that that was the whole goal behind the bites. I love it. And so it's mostly Galactagox, right? Yes. The bites have a very big Galactagog mix. And then they also have, depending on the flavor that you have, they either have almond butter or sunflower butter. They're sweetened with actual dates. So we don't have any other sugars or anything like that. It's just dates. We have also chia seeds, we have flax seeds, um, and then depending on the flavor, again, sometimes we have amaranth, we have cacao nibs, like different things, but there's no sugar in them, like uh, no sugars except for the dates, and yeah, they're just an easy, healthy snack for moms to have in hand. They're a little addicting, though. Before we try it, I also wanted to mention, uh, just because Anna and I, coming from a medical background, um, you know, 
we really do uh, promote evidence-based medicine in general. And so we know, and we've talked about that the evidence there is that breast milk is considered the optimal food source for newborns all the way till one year of age. And there's actually a variety of herbal and pharmaceutical options that are available to improve breast milk production. But studies proving efficacy are overall lacking for, for all of it, whether it's pharmaceutical or whether it's uh, not. So uh, while we're both very pro-evidence-based medicine, we also understand the value of traditional uh, medicine of, you know, traditions and cultures and things being passed down. And to us, um, these non-pharmaceutical and non-pharmacologic options should be exhausted before trying anything else. So I, I think overall, what, we're, what I'm trying to say, I'm not sure if it's very eloquent or not, is that this is a really good option to me as a pediatrician for a mom looking to nourish themselves and, you know, reviewing the ingredients. It, it's awesome. I mean, it's food, really. <laughs> Right. Yes, that's all it is. It's food. And it yeah. goes back to like, if you nourish your body correctly, like your body will kind of like get in that state of like that it can produce more milk. But also, in addition to that, you guys probably know it. Busy, busy, my Mexican accent comes out sometimes. <laughs> like busy moms, like sometimes like there is the there is the mom that might be making like just difficult food choices because there's nothing else that's in front of them. But there's also the mom that and that happened to me that forgets to eat yeah and that really affects also their supply they're not drinking water and they're yeah. not eating you know and yeah so it's just like how do we make it easy for moms to get a healthy snack in or sometimes for some of our moms maybe they'll take two of these bites with something else running in the morning and that's their breakfast you know so it's just there in hand and and i what i love about this is you know the the fresh ingredients. Uh, and just to um, echo what Dr. Sammy just mentioned, uh, I kind of think back to my moms and grandmas and my family comes from India and, um, you know, there is a fix for everything. You know, there's this little joke in the house <laughs> that I'm kind of the, the second opinion, but my mom is like the head doctor because <laughs> he has a natural fix for everything, you know? And so I, I really think that there's a lot of value to what nature has for us. And we often try to replicate it. And um, like Dr. Sammy said, we are evidence-based and we believe in, in, in that. But a lot of these natural ingredients are really powerful, I think. And they are there for a reason. And so with the appropriate research and guidance, I think it's helpful to use that over a pharmaceutical option, definitely. And I might have cheated, so I already tried a little bit of the bite <laughs> before. Oh, <laughs> it was delicious. It, it kind of, yeah, like, yeah, you try it. But also I wanted to say, I love the fact that it's gluten-free and soy-free and there's, there's options for a lot of moms that might have allergies mm -hmm. and, and other things. Yeah. And so it, it feels, um, very, uh, organic, but it also has that natural sweetness, I think from the dates, which I like. Yeah. Oh no, it's really delicious. I, I would say that it's kind of like a dense muffin. Yes, they're very chewy, they're very dense. And I think like, it's also accomplishing that like, again, when you're like so starving and so hungry and like that craving for like maybe something sweet, but without, we already have to deal with so much guilt. I feel like as new moms that the food that you put in your body should not add to what you're going through at that time. I would have been all over this, honestly, when I was breastfeeding. This is great stuff. I, 
Anna talking about her mom made me realize she's so right. We both will tell each other things. For example, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling off. You know, what do you think? And then we'll give each other our opinions, but then we'll both say, can you just ask your mom? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What would she give you? Right. I don't really want to know what you think. I want to know what your mom thinks. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't admit this now because now we will never get a say. For the viewers that can't see us, I'm eating the original matchka bite. Are there other flavors? Yes, we have chocolate, like which is Mm. delicious. And chocolate is made with sunflower butter. So for our customers that are allergic to almond or anything, it's made with sunflower butter. And it has chocolate chips, so they're very delicious as well, too, and really good. And it also has quinoa and puffed inside. So for a lot of our customers that love like kind of like that crunch chocolate feel, um, we do have them in chocolate as well. And we do limited edition flavors. Like we've done pumpkin. Right now we have tart cherry out. And then we have other really cool flavors coming out for next year. Lorena, how many kids do you have now? I have two boys. Two? And how old are they? They're the light of my life. So I have a four-year-old named Diego, and I have a seven-month, almost seven-month-old, Andres. Ah, you must be very busy. (laughs) I am really busy, but I I wouldn't have it any other way. So are you naturally, are you using your Majka products right now? Yes, I and I am very public on social about it, but I am. So our bites, so this is my Majka routine real quickly. So I have our protein shake in the morning. Like I have it because it's like my postnatal vitamin. It has everything. The goal with that shake was that we wanted to include all the supplements that you would take breastfeeding, but in one just easy smoothie, right? So it's your complete postnatal vitamin. And it has like, I'm very proud of it because we used, if you compare any postnatal vitamin that's out on the market that has like right now, like set us to the best, we are that and more plus protein plus digestive enzymes plus probiotics so i take that in the morning like as my shake and then i also do on some days like i'm not a coffee drinker but i love hot things so i love a latte so our booster which is our lactation booster and my husband takes it you know so it's like it's just really good ingredients in there like there's galacticos there's ashawanda there's gochu there's a lot of like um um, other ingredients that are really good. So I'll take the booster, I'll warm up some almond milk and or pro, or pea milk that I like. And then I'll warm it up and I'll have it as a warm latte. And then the bites are normally my dessert. So I feel like that's one of the things that make me makes me feel the proudest is that I love our product so much that I take them on a daily basis. And that's exactly what I what we wanted for the beginning. We wanted something that Like just if I could mention this, because this is very important for us, like when we were starting the company, it was our dream to create the protein powder. And I remember going to multiple manufacturers and them saying like, you girls are crazy. What you're (laughs) trying to do is so expensive. If you want to add this ingredients that you're never going to make it work. And I remember Majwa and I made a promise to ourselves and we're like, if we cannot go to bed thinking that we're providing our customers the best, we shouldn't do this. So this shouldn't be our business because if it's not something that I would take and feel extremely happy and trust that, why would someone else take it? You know? So that's something that I would like to say that when somebody like says like, Oh, well, your protein powder is $65 compared to others that are $40. Like that doesn't even like 
it's not it's not a product that compares like we're we're very proud of the products that we've made and that's something that we made from the beginning we're never going to compromise quality to meet a price and we know that there's a market that thinks the same as us and we know that our moms appreciate the thought that we put into each and every single one of our ingredients sources and where they come from and all of that because we think that we are that filter that is taking care of like I don't want anybody else to look at a label and feel fear before taking a product. So we take that responsibility very, very seriously and we are very proud of it. That's wonderful. I really commend you guys for that. Thank you. So what do I have? What is this one here? That little guy is the booster. So that is just a pure mix of Galactagogs. So you're going to see that there's um, Ashawanda, there's turmeric, there is um, shatavari that we have in there. So multiple yeah. galactagogs, it tastes really good. It's like a vanilla chai type of latte. So we see our customers like drink it like either in the morning or in the afternoon, um, just like as a warm drink. I really like it. You can add it to your smoothie. You can add it to other recipes. But just like I said, like we wanted them to be able to incorporate it in fun ways within their routine. And, and you mentioned turmeric, which I love because I know this is a big part of um, what I grew up on. And there's so many health benefits that are now being proven uh, about turmeric. And now it's being made into supplements, you know, to help reduce allergies, to help reduce uh, autoimmune conditions, um, so many different benefits uh, as far as infections as well. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about how you incorporated that in some of your products. So turmeric is a big one that is across our products. So it's on the bites, it's on the booster, it's on the protein powder. And just like you, like, just like you were mentioning, like, just like curcumin itself has so many like health benefits. And specifically, besides that, there's a lot of like anecdotal, like you guys mentioned, evidence of turmeric being a very effective galactagogue in many different cultures, one of them being Mexico, one of them being India. Uh, so that's why it is in there, but it also has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties, exactly. which when we are on the like breastfeeding stage, it's so important. So that's why turmeric is a big part of like all of our products. And this is so funny, but my older brother has gout, like, is that how you say it in English? Yes. Where uh-huh. His yeah. knee gets super big. And so I was like, you need to take this and you need to put it. And he's like, Lorena, there's no way, you know, like sometimes like just because it says breastfeeding, like there's yeah. just men sometimes can be so ignorant he's like he's gonna gonna, i'm gonna lactate and i was like no like you're just dumb and he he's been on the booster for like i think a a year and he loves it but yeah that's um that's great yeah so i would say overall the ingredients you know and looking at all of them it's just a bunch of superfoods which is great i love it and i just tried your little booster and it was really yummy it was really good Thank you. You should try it in a hot latte. Like the yeah, that's really what I, I was ready to go. So I just Ooh, did it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was mixing and then um, I added some in there. So it's really, it's, it's really nice and fragrant. I love it. I think, I mean, I think this is a no brainer to me. I love it. I'm addicted to it. Overnight overnight oats, the, the almond chai overnight oats. And some of this I'm saving because we, we just had um, one of one of our friends uh, who's an infectious disease doctor and a new mom. She's just had her fourth baby. And so I was going to share some of your awesome products because she is a big advocate of natural products, you know, for breastfeeding as well. So 
so I was going to share some of these good, <laughs> these goods with her. But uh, what about these um, overnight oats? I haven't tried them yet, but they look so. Actually, with the overnight oats, that was a customer asked product. So a lot of like we didn't launch with that product, but that's a product that a lot of our moms were like, okay, like if I don't want to have the smoothie some days, like and if I want something that's a quick like nourishing snack or something that I can have for breakfast that can already be prepared. And we sent it as a gift to our customers once where we made a custom batch of overnight oats. And we're like, hey, why don't you try it? Put it in the refrigerator overnight. You'll have a delicious breakfast in the morning. And it was just meant to be a gift for our customers. And the customers loved it so much that we, after a couple of months, decided to bring it as a regular product. So basically the whole goal with it, it's like, again, like making it easy for mom. Oats are known also to be really effective galactagogues. So in addition to having the same herbs that we have on the booster, we added the oats. So it makes it a very easy, nourishing breakfast for moms and a very versatile product that you can make in different recipes. I love it all. Yes. That's great. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find all of this and where they can find you and how they can get access to your products? Yes, of course. So you can find us on Instagram at Love Mashka, on our website at Love Mashka. We are very uh, communicative with our community. So if you have any questions, you can email us or you can just send us a DM and we're always there to respond. And We can vouch yeah. for that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> anything, anything you guys need, we're always there. Happy to, happy to help. Like for us, it's about building community more than anything. So, and we're trying to build a movement. So the products are the tools, but we do try to provide a lot of good information for our community and be there as a support system for our moms as well. Well, thank you, Lorena. It was so wonderful to have you on the podcast. This was so educational. And, uh, you know, we, we touched on so many things and you were really, really kind to let us sample your products, which I will say one more time, were truly delicious. Uh, and uh, to educate our listeners about breastfeeding and all the benefits and about your company. Exactly. Thank you so much. We, we really like what you stand for. And, and we at PD Pals really believe in women empowering other women and, and your story. And, um, uh, and we just love it all. And we think it's a great tool for moms. Um, so we really, really are thankful for you for coming on and uh, sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time. This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication, exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any facts.